0: When you post content, whether it's a podcast, whether it's a YouTube video, whether it's a Facebook post, a LinkedIn post, what is the personality of your tone? Does it reflect who you are? Because if it doesn't, you're just adding to the noise and everybody else like me too marketing. So you want to find your copy. Obviously, you need to talk about, you solve this problem for that group of people and that's what makes you different. And you know, all the the standard elements, but add that personality in there so that when people hear that, It's going to start to sound familiar with him. This is James Schramko. James Schramko here.
1: Welcome back to my podcast. This is episode 996. I'm again chatting with Charles Coatesy, and uh, today I'm wearing a a normal T-shirt. So hello, Charles. Good to see you again.
0: Hey, James. Great to be back as always. And um, yeah, happy to be spending this time with you. It's always a good time.
1: I invited you back because on our last discussion, which was episode 993, we were talking about... um, Customer attention. And that was sort of a good, broad overview. And uh, you've got great skills, mad skills, we'd call it, right? You have copywriting skills, you have technical skills because you run a web development shop. It's called JBay Studios.
0: JBay Studios. And our new iteration of that will be bringcashandcoffee.com. Bringcashandcoffee.com.
1: There we go. It'll be known worldwide after these two episodes. Yeah. So on episode 996, we're going to go a little deeper. We're going to be talking about unlocking all of that potential that is sitting there for you to tap. In particular, I'm going to use the word campaigns. And there's three elements that are critical to have if you want to have really high performing campaigns. I want to use the word campaign because we hear the word funnel a lot. And I think it's a bit overcooked. Before, there are all the funnel softwares under the sun it used to be campaigns back when I studied marketing, did marketing, ran dealerships. It was about campaigns. Totally. The campaign is simply coming up with a strategic way to cause sales. So using marketing to generate sales and end up, you know, increasing revenue, having great profit, all of that stuff. So let's go through these three elements one by one and see if we can get a little more granular on the things that we would use as a checklist, I guess. So as we do this episode, I'm going to ask you, the listener, please score your campaign on these three criteria and see how you rate. Over to you, Charles.
0: Exactly right. Yeah. If you think about anything worth doing in life, there's always a campaign that drives it. And I think, like you said, that's like age old, a methodology to promote something. What is your campaign and what are all the elements that work together? And sometimes people think a funnel is just... um, You know, you just got a page and a few buttons and a few images and text, and then you're going to become a millionaire. But of course, it's not that simple. There's these nuances within a campaign that I think better articulates what you do. So what this kind of assumes is that you've already got an offer, right? And that because most entrepreneurs or a lot of entrepreneurs, rather, they're more focused around being an entrepreneur or having a business or making the money than what they are solving a problem. So I think an offer is really just what problem are you solving? for the market, that if you have that in place and you can solve a problem for somebody and you have an offer, now what is the campaign elements that you need to articulate that?
1: I want to raise this point You a know, big highlight, put a spotlight on this. I encounter this on a weekly basis. People get in front of me and they say, right, how much should I charge? What should I give these people? How should I structure the content? All of these questions, and I'm like, stop. like, If you had no preconceived notion whatsoever and you just put yourself to the side for a minute, can we talk about the customer for a minute? What would the customer need to succeed? What would be the easiest, smoothest pathway for them to learn about you, to decide that you're the person to help them, and then whatever you do with them gets them an amazing result with the least amount of friction or hassle? Because whatever that is, that's what we should design your business around, and I think campaigns are a lot like that. I think a lot of marketers are coming at it from their point of view, and they forgot about the customer. So I'm so glad you mentioned that, Shell, because it's literally the most important thing when it comes to the offer. Yeah. It has to work for the customer. And ideally, if it was a Venn diagram, it works for the customer, it works for you, and then there's a huge overlap part in the middle.
0: Yes. Yeah, that's so true. That Venn diagram, which is kind of our ikigai of like successful offers, will be... You on the one side, how do you articulate who you are, what you got to offer, your customer the other side, understanding their problems, their pains, their fears, um, and what they're looking for. And then your offer is the thing that's going to connect those things together, which is, yeah, how I can help you get this transformation, solve that problem. And when you have those three things in place, then you have basically, you can now take that and will go and articulate that into how do you create a campaign for this? And how do I actually get these things to work together in harmony with each other and rather than you know they always say skipping leg day right it's the guys with the big biceps but the legs are tiny you don't want that in your business you want three equal legs or four equal legs whatever you're going to be working with but for the campaigns i think once we have that in place so we're going to assume that you're a, a, you're solving a real problem you're customer focused and you you know it's a J jbram preeminence and all that kind of stuff you, you you're leading with value now once you have that value that's not enough we need a campaign to articulate that and to actually make people aware of that. Because, you know, if we be honest, we look at this day and age and there's just so much media and so much things for people to do. How are we going to cut through the noise and actually get them to pay attention? Well, that is where a campaign comes in and just really looking at how you structure those elements.
1: Nice. So we're going to talk about those elements. And I can't help but think there's going to be more noise. Now that they'll, we not only have to deal with uh, humans, we have to deal with robot noise as well. We all these yes. AI-generated <laughs> content flooding the internet. So we need to cut through. We need to differentiate all these cool marketing words. What are the three elements? Let's start with element number
0: one. Yeah, yeah. the first element is copy, right? Which is copywriting. It really, it's just your messaging. It's like, what do you say and how do you say it? Because now you want to articulate your positioning, which is our three-circle diagram, who you are. You want to know who you are talking to, and you want to know how do you articulate that offer and that value. And so that is really the job of copy and messaging. And a lot of people think of copy as a sales page or a webinar that's got to sell something. And yes, it is that. But even before that is on awareness phase, what messaging are you using to tell people why should you even pay attention to what I have to say, number one. Then how do you articulate why someone should give you their email address so that you can continue the conversation, which is list building, number two. And then you get to the point is why should you buy something, which is only the third step. And then your fourth and final step is why should you actually go through the stuff you bought in order to get that result? So the copy is really pervasive that messaging goes through all of the elements in your business. So at its core, it's how do you connect and articulate your offer, which really is what are you saying and how are you saying that? You know, we all know that if you've got a significant other, you know, we know that our wives tell us, it's not what you said, it's how you said it, right? So we know that how you say is very important. And for me, one of the most misunderstood things in business, and if we go back, you know, everything that predates funnels and stuff is branding. But branding really is, it's part of that thing that's going to make you stand out from all the AI and all the other kind of stuff is your identity. There's only one James Schramko. There's only one Shark could see it. Well,
1: there's actually two.
0: All right. Well, we only know... what. <laughs> There's a guy in
1: America, uh, he's younger than me, and I think he has a Toyota Land Cruiser or something. Uh, I see him on socials, but I usually outrank him because I, I got in there first. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Shame. Well, that's the thing is like it's first to market, but it's how you articulate that. So. But let's just use that yeah. example.
1: It's a pretty good one. Yeah. If people are searching for my name, like they went onto Facebook and they searched for my name, I will come up, the other James Ramco will come up, and then the scammer fraud star from January 2023 that is still up oh. pretending to be me with uh, no content but recent messages from the last hour or two. And so people might click on each of those people and they'll have to immediately determine is this the look and feel or consistent with the James Schramko that I've heard about or that I think it might be. And hopefully if I've got brand design guidelines or consistent imagery, or a look and style. Maybe people recognize the bookshelf. You know, over time, the, yeah. the, I will become synonymous with this bookshelf. Hopefully less like Ty Lopez with these ones in the garage, right? <laughs> yeah, minor inside the house with, with a generous beanbag. For sure. But of course, I think I've heard branding described as how people think about you when you're not there. Exactly. I kind of like that one.
0: Yeah, that's really great because the branding is you need a voice to articulate your brand. And that has got both a visual side, as you've mentioned, a visual voice and a verbal voice. So your copy is where that verbal voice... Well,
1: you can have sound brands. You can actually have sound brands. We all know the phone sounds that, that when you're watching a yeah. movie and a phone rings, we all recognize that sound. That's a signature sound brand to a particular brand. Remember the old Nokia one? Yes. This will date us a bit. But yeah, you know, yes. there, <laughs> we have uh, particular sounds we recognize.
0: Exactly. So it's all going to start with your copy is like that verbal voice How do you articulate that stuff? How do you talk about the market's problems? Does that resonate with people? Does it pull them in? When you post content, whether it's a podcast, whether it's a YouTube video, whether it's a Facebook post, a LinkedIn post, what is the personality of your tone? Does it reflect who you are? Because if it doesn't, you're just adding to the noise and everybody else like me too marketing. So you want to find your copy Obviously, you need to talk about you solve this problem for that group of people, and that's what makes you different. And you know, all the the standard elements, but add that personality in there so that when people hear that, it's gonna to start to sound familiar with them, right? So we know if I just think of you, you talk about own the race course, you talk about your effective hourly rate, you talk about work less, make more. These are the things your history selling high-end cars at the Mercedes dealership. Surfing. Surfing, yeah, it's about having fun. And, and it's not about how much money you leave on, on the table, it's how much life you leave on the table. Mm. And see me, just, I can rattle these things off because that's part of your brand voice from the verbal side and how you articulate that. So that's gonna really attract people to you that says, you know what, this whole thing about hustling and grinding all the time and living life, you know, it's not worth it. So it's gonna attract a different kind of person to you that you can more closely resonate with. So that's why for copy, Don't just think about it as a headline, a subheadline, the offer, the guarantee, the lead, all those kind of things. It's important, yes. But what is your personality that you're infusing in that and how well you can articulate and, and attract that right audience? So that's really the copy. It's what you say and how you say it. And at some point, that verbal voice is going to go into a visual voice. So that's where your design comes in. So I heard someone talk about copy cosmetics, right? Is this element number two? Yeah, so we've just made that transition into element number two, which is design.
1: There you go. I'm just uh, highlighting this. We've just moved from element
0: number one, copy, element number two, design. Exactly, because we know that we have two types of people. We have facts and figures type of people, and then we have visual people. So those are the two ways in which you're going to communicate. So it's not either or. They're not mutually exclusive. there's overlap. So let's take something as simple as an opt-in page. What is the main focus going to be on that opt-in page? Is it clear what you're offering, why someone should give you the email address? Are your brand colors and your branding kind of infused there without being like this massive thing, just a logo? But is that essence of who you are, does that pull through you so that people, once they've clicked an ad or they've clicked content and now they're on an opt-in page, does it feel like one experience? Because people, like John Colton always says, they're looking for a reason to bolt. So they're on a sales page they're looking for a reason not to buy. They're on an opt-in page and looking for a reason not to give the email. because. They, they, but now your branding and your design doesn't give that consistent flow. Or a sales page, think about like when we write sales pages, it can be, you know, long form sales pages can be 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 words. And people always talk about copy that's too long or too short, but it's about, it's, is it too boring? And one of the things that can make copy boring is if you don't pull through that brand essence, and if you don't think about, if someone had a skim, scan and scroll, the sales page, what are they going to see based on my design, how I'm treating a copy? When I get to my offer, how am I going to visually show them what they're going to get and then support that with copy and check marks? How am I going to do risk reversal? So it's not enough anymore just to have a purely good written sales page. You need to infuse the right design with that so that it works across devices, a mobile device, an iPad, different computer screens, all these kinds of things. You need to think about this. Because back in the day, they always said ugly converts. And I guess I understand why they said that. Because they had the world's best copywriters work on that copy. And it was also a, world, a less saturated world at the time. So now we need to be smart and strategic in how are we going to treat this copy. Think of a, a great chef. They're not as great at making food. They're great at plating, So that food needs to look appealing. And you need to basically treat your copy up like that. So those two elements make up your brand voice your verbal voice and your visual voice copies what you say, how you say it. And design is exactly if I look at your setup here, James, I can see the guitar. I see the beanbag. I see the books organized by color. I see a professional microphone. I see all these things as non-verbal cues that is communicating to me who you are, what you're about. So now already I'm resonating here and I'm not just, you know, uh, pulling off some template from another funnel or whatever and try to make that me because it's going to, you're going to look like everybody else. So that's the second thing, which is that design your copy cosmetics, can it be consumed across different devices? How will people take that info in and design it when done correctly, it can really help support that whole outcome.
1: Does click work across multiple devices?
0: Yeah, I love that fact for clicks. So sometimes when we design, we can choose to not display something on mobile because um, we've got a custom version of that for desktop. And then we do something else for mobile. And then when we, whenever we publish a page, you know, I've got a big iMac. And then my partner's got a, a MacBook Pro. We've got iPads. We've got different iPhones. You actually want to open it up on those devices and just see... Is this copy being displayed the way I want it to do? And really copies messaging, right? So click words like that. You can choose to show different stuff on mobile devices. And you can um, just do all of those kind of things so that you have a consistent brand experience. And that's why when you do have a proper brand style guide, they tell you what to do with the logo, what not to do with a logo. And it's more on that elements for back in the day when you used to print stuff and all that stuff, you want it to be consistent across all the different, you know, ways in which that brand can show up. But for us, people are going to interact with us in a digital format. So that's what I love about Click, knowing that it's going to work well across all the different devices.
1: And of course, you can tick the box and say, yes, I want to have an app. And the app version is amazing. So I'm using my membership via the app a lot. I run most of my business from the phone. The only thing I don't do on my phone is podcasts yet. No. <laughs> yeah. You know, I still use the computer for that and it's great and I'm using the, the membership from the computer but I like how it's able to display a button on the mobile but not on the desktop, et cetera. That's a great feature. Yeah. Um, I do want to s- sort of just zoom in on something. You've said two things so far that I think I get a lot of questions around. One is you just very gently rolled off your tongue brand style guideline or brand design guideline. This is a document that is like the official brand specifications of your business. So this is a term that a lot of micro businesses aren't familiar with. Of course, I've worked for big companies yeah, like Mercedes-Benz and they are extremely picky about what font you can use, what spacing you need between the star and the, the letters, yeah. et cetera, which colors you, you can use, which contrasts you can have. So they publish this and every single piece of media, every single advertisement, every single sign writing, every single number plate frame has to adhere to the corporate brand guidelines yeah. with huge penalties if you don't, right? And it always had, we always had to send off an advertisement to head office for approval yeah. before it was published in the newspaper, even a job advertisement. Totally. They would pull out and they would check how many millimeters is there space beside the star to the left, above it, below it, to the first letter of the logo, does it have the hyphen, et cetera. This is how you get a brand like Mercedes-Benz or like Coca-Cola or like Apple, where you have a, a consistent, regular look. And by the way, to, speaking to that point about ugly cells, why does every single web design customer come to you and say, I want my site to look like Apple?
0: Exactly. Right? And do they? Yeah, totally. They want that clean, minimal. I want like <laughs> Apple
1: because it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And its design is amazing. And it's definitely not ugly, right? So Totally. If you can have great words and a beautiful look, you're going to win the game. So anyway, that was one question about brand guidelines. Do companies like yours create brand guidelines if someone doesn't have one?
0: Yeah. We definitely do. So if someone doesn't have that document and so they kind of, that's the identity because if you know who you are and who you serve and what you do for them, that I, that clarity and that identity supercharges you because now you know what you're going to look like, what you're going to do, and all of those kind of things. So my partner, Yahoo, has got an extensive experience in being a creative lead and a branding lead for big, big companies. You will definitely know, like Billabong, the Aussie company. so And a whole host of companies like that when they're into design magazines, um ads billboards actual clothing physical stores like how do you design a store for guys and all the way they buy shoes versus you know women what they do in any case so that was all from corporate right and um uh, you know the corporate image of a brand so they work with all of those things in a real world where you needed this stuff you're gonna print you know these shirts and t-shirts you're gonna build these shops and whatever so now with all of my digital experience we are fusing these two elements and I saying okay cool How can we bring that branding into this digital world and also incorporate messaging, the technology, the sequencing, all these kind of things together? So if someone doesn't have that brand guideline with your colors, your headstones, your fonts, your logo, and all those kind of things, then we definitely can create that for them. And that document is just kind of your stake in the ground. This is who we are. That's what we do. Mm -hmm. That's how we behave. You talk about values. Well, that's your brand values and the way it's going to show up. It frees you when you're out post.
1: And it builds trust. I mean, someone can click onto my website or my podcast or download a PDF template and it's all going to have a consistent look and feel which builds trust and comfort and safety and familiarity and uh, it gives you your own style. So yeah. I, I think it's a really important thing to discuss. The other one that I get a lot is The messaging, they're like, I don't really have a consistent messaging. I haven't sort of worked out what words would describe our company or what the values of the company are or how we talk to our audience. I mean, it seems a bit messy when you're sort of slapping together stuff at the beginning. Can people help with those things?
0: Yeah, there's a couple of exercises that you can do because that's the one thing like branding back in the day was reserved for the coca Colas, the Apples, the Mercedes and so forth. But these days, that's one of the ways I think you can stand out from all the AI and all the noise is how do you articulate your essence and your identity? So if someone doesn't kind of know like what do we say and all those kind of things, I would say you just need a couple of questions and a book and a pen because we can go and sit and define that in an analog way. So for example, if you complete a sentence like, I think the world would be a better place if, and whatever you would put in that blank, that is going to start forming part of your value. So in your case, you might say, I think the world would be a better place if, Entrepreneurs aren't hustling and grinding twenty four seven, but they actually have time to enjoy the fruits of their labor and spend time with family and friends and have fun because that is going to just make the world a better place. So there's a couple of questions like that that you can go through to just kind of figure out. You know, get away from the technical digital side Mm -hmm. and just think to yourself: like when you connect with someone, you have a really great discussion. What are the things that light you up? What do you want to talk about? What stories you want to tell? What do you believe? What problem do you want to solve?
1: So capture that essence and then document it across the whole business.
0: Yes, and if you can document that in its raw form, you know, like what uh, I had someone else say, um, what business you off, and um, what makes your heart, um, you know, kind of what breaks your heart and then what's a big problem you want to solve or the world would be a better place if all these kind of questions and we can maybe prepare a list of these for that uh, we can post in the show notes.
1: Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, how- it, it, it helps like for my team when they'll go through a podcast like this and they'll look for little clever things that one of us says and make a video from it. But they'll understand which things are on brand for us yes. or which things are core messaging. Totally. When I will say something like there's a shortcut to choosing someone to be coached by, have a look at how they live their life because if they coach you, you're probably going to end up living the life they live. Totally. That's why you're, you're yeah. paying them, right? So that's a filter that you can use. Totally. So they might see a snippet like that in my podcast and think this really speaks to our work, let's make more ethos, the, yes. the, the thing we truly believe in. I like the Peter Thiel one, you know, what do we believe to be true that most other people don't think is true or don't know is true? Yeah. And that's, that helps you differentiate. All right, so I don't want to get too bogged down, but we've talked about copy. We've been talking about design, but there's still another element.
0: Yeah, totally. So once you've identified that messaging, you've identified your look and feel, We live in a digital world, so now you want to look at technology. How do you use the power of technology to basically sequence all of that together? So you mentioned Click, that is an amazing tool, and it's all about how you're going to now use that tool and the technology. So what does that mean? Well, it just means if somebody joins your list, now they first of all they've opted in. First of all, you've shown them why they should opt in. The opt-in page looks a certain way. They say yes, I want this. But now what happens? Once that person gives you their email address, well, you can have things like a delivery sequence that gives them the lead magnet, for example, that they signed up for. And then once they are brand new onto your list, you can have a welcome sequence that's being triggered to send people like, this is who we are, that's what we believe in, all that kind of stuff. You can send them to specific pages on a click that when they do certain actions, and yes, the beauty, you capture that in your CRE when we call that zero-party data. It's data that you own. It's not uh, data from Google or Facebook, which is third-party data. It's stuff that people are, are acts that you're capturing on your site, that they are willingly giving you. They're telling you, okay, cool, I've watched this video, or in your case, when they've opted in based on the chooser, you can tag them where they're coming from. And now you're building up this customer profile, let's just say someone has watched a video then they have a certain tag and that can trigger something else. Or they've bought your product, but they've not yet logged in. Well, we are responsible entrepreneurs. We want you to get the result you bought. We don't just want to sell you a dopamine rush. We want to sell you the transformation. So they haven't logged in. What do you do now to send them a reminder to come and log into your your learning management system? Do you think of consumer behavior in the sense of like everyone's got a phone on them? Are you using the app for click in terms of the technology to make it easier for them to consume their stuff? Maybe they've completed their training or a section in the course, and then that adds a tag that will then trigger a sequence that says, hey, well done, I see that you're someone taking action, and I love to reward action takers, so here's something, an unannounced bonus. So now people are being trained through technology in terms of like how to go through your sequences. So those are are the different kinds of things, and we know that not everybody is going to buy on that first go around. But then are you tagging people based on what they did or didn't do so that you can reference that in your future marketing campaigns? And then because if someone has already bought something, let's just take an example. They bought a program from you. If you don't use technology the right way to tag them based on what they bought, and now a few weeks later you send the same person a flash sale where they can actually now say 50%, they're going to feel pretty bad I paid full price for that. that. so especially after
1: Black Friday, I'm pretty much make a list of people who have pissed me (laughs) off.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Like
1: I've given them my loyal hard earned money the month before and then they shred it and remind me that I shouldn't buy from these companies unless it's on sale. It's dumb, really counterintuitive.
0: Yeah, that's definitely not a great idea. And also you don't want to be, we'll talk about when someone goes to your webinar, You want your messaging to adapt. Did they attend? Yes or no. If they attended, did they see the offer? Yes or no. If they saw the offer, did they buy? Yes or no. So those are just three simple data points that now can trigger a different messaging from a copy point of view. If someone saw the offer, you don't send them the replay. Now you could just state the benefits of the offer and what they're going to get from moving forward. If they did not attend, well, don't send them the whole other sales sequence because they've not seen the offer. So maybe you just... Maybe that now wasn't a good time, so I can invite you And next week or the week after, I can send a message, hey, noticed you, wasn't able, you weren't able to join our last webinar, it was a great time, we're doing another one this week, so if you want to come, here you go. So now you have more. Or
1: you say, hey, I know we all get busy, so I've actually sat through the webinar myself, taken some handwritten notes, and sent you the condensed, shortened version as a
0: PDF attached. Boom. Totally. Yeah, so these kind of things, that's going to stand out, guys. How many people actually do that to your news email list? I have my email list. It's got hundreds of thousands of emails, but they're all in filters, so I don't see them. But I can just go in there if I want to see what people are doing for either to to not do that or maybe there's some stuff I can learn from someone else. Someone's probably thinking, geez, a busy web developer,
1: uh, but this is for your (laughs) guitar niche, right?
0: Yeah, totally. So I look at what – because I want to know from messaging – what are the people hearing from the other guitar teachers out there? Yeah. So how can I differentiate myself? Or, or... Oh, Well, that's a good one. The,
1: um, asking them which subscriptions they have or which newsletters they follow or which podcasts they listen to, and then making sure you go and appear there or buy that traffic.
0: Yeah. Or have them as a guest and see if you can grab a few more of their audience. Exactly. And these are the kind of things that when you pay attention to this, It makes a big difference, and that technology really amplifies your copy and your design to actually get that message to the people. Because it's not just about getting it to them, but it's getting it to them at the right time. And based on what they did or didn't do, you can have a dynamically responding campaign on the back of that.
1: And even in the fulfillment, right? Yeah. Hey, Joel, you know, come back and finish this lesson you started yesterday or last week. Exactly. Rather than send them to the beginning. Because most people are going to quit somewhere through a multi-part series.
0: Exactly. Yeah, and that's why the software businesses, we can actually learn a lot from them. Is Back in the day, they used to focus heavily on product, and then by the time they sold it, uh, no one really wanted it. So now they realize, why wow, distribution is actually very key and this whole agile thing, you know, like mm-hmm. let's sell what people want. And that's one of the things I love about Click is it's not this bloated software feature thing. It's like just the stuff you need in order to help you run lean and mean business. Mm-hmm. And if you want to, you can still do all these fancy stuff, but we are, you know, click is strategic. Egypt. It's like there's two versions of it in a way, isn't there? Yeah. Like, and by the way, just if you're
1: driving along in your car and you're thinking, what is this click? What is this click? It's KLEQ.com. Charles is one of the very first users of it in the world and probably has the deepest knowledge of it outside of the official company itself. But he's very well supported by the official company and, and he ha- helped really develop it in the beginning. With uh, the use cases. And I love it. I'm using it for my own platform and I've partnered with Click to make sure people find out about it because I like to solve my clients' problems and my clients come to me with all sorts of crazy problems. Like, hey, i got my, my members are on this LMS, they're on that blog, I've got this forum and I've got that. And that's what I used to have. It was crazy, Frankenstein, yeah. maniac uh, stuff. I say, look, please do yourself a favor, just point your domain over here let them host it, secure it, go and click a button to build a campaign. And this is the two versions I'm talking about. Version one is it is so easy to use because there's no code that you can just click a button, build a campaign, and then fill in the words. And it's all linked up together and you put in your Stripe, put in your PayPal, put in your autoresponder uh, email system, and you are in business. That's stage one. Stage two, and this is where it's for people like me, bring along your brand design guidelines. Get someone in your team or hire someone like Charles at bringcashandcoffee.com and just say, hey, listen, I'm on this crappy platform over here or over there. Can you help me migrate it? Can you help me come up with brand guidelines or, you know, design me something that's a little more special than the built-in templates, which are great, yeah. but I want to have the only version of my website on the planet. Yeah. This is where it, it absolutely transcends the out-of-the-box learning platforms that have all the exact same layout and look and feel like it's hard to differentiate when you are same as everyone else. It's like oh, driving man. a Toyota Camry. White Toyota Camry is one of a hundred white Toyota Camry's on the road. And like, it's not that special or, or exciting. For shit. So you can do it yourself. And if you're just starting out or bootstrapping and you don't have budget yet, just focus on your offer, build an offer that sells or builds a list. Yeah. Once you've got funds, reinvest in a pro and get out of that and get onto making sales or delivering your product. Get a pro on board, like Shal, and move it quickly. Shal, can people start even with hundreds of dollars? Do they need five or $10,000 to hire an agency?
0: Yeah, they definitely don't. And in fact, um, one of my things is before I even make someone a, an offer to help them on the big end, I want to make sure that they have an offer in place to be able to go and recoup that. So if you don't yet have that momentum, those funds to reinvest in, I would just say start simple with the basics. Are you building your list? Or are you making an offer? And for that, you don't need to spend $10,000 to kind of get one of those campaigns up and running. So you can actually definitely start with the, that uh, earlier part. And you actually need to watch out for when you're working with agencies, look at what is in the scope of work what are the deliverables because a lot of agents are good at selling at like making a great deal is promising the moon and the stars, but then they're under-deliver. So just be careful of that. You don't need to invest five to 10K to get a simple list building funnel up and running or to get a, a you know, a basic offer page together or whatever the case may be. So when you're working smart, that is exactly what you see with those two versions. Click has a lot of that stuff built in and then you can go and just customize a portion of that, make some money, get some leads, And then go and reinvest that so you know nobody starts out with that big end because it's a lot of stuff you have to recoup so you be smart about how you invest your money and who you work with and uh, so that's definitely i would say if you're not in that space yet, just get going but make sure or remember are people paying attention to your awareness consideration are you building your list conversion are you making offers and retention if you've made those offers, are you getting people the transformation? That's your meat and potatoes of building a business.
1: <laughs> That's your nine nine three, right? Your nine nine three episode.
0: Nine nine three, yeah, exactly right. Get that going, you'll be good.
1: I wanna make two points here. I do the same for coaching, by the way. If someone comes to me and they say, I'm not quite I don't think I'm quite ready for your mentor level and I'm saying, I agree, please don't start on that. Like don't put the pressure on you or me. Like just join connect and yeah. You know, get your feet wet, get, build up some awareness and see if it feels good. Because there's no contract and it's not an annual payment. It's just by the month and, and we're good enough to get yeah. results. So let's get results together and then see where we go from there. But I want to speak to the software. When do you estimate you first started working with this platform? I'm just curious. I don't know the answer, by the way, if but, you listen
0: to this. I'm, I'm sure. just putting Charles on the spot. If I have to think, I think it was twenty twelve, because back in the day, um, I think I met John in twenty twelve or twenty eleven. Um, and I remember going to Bangkok and that's where we had some meetings together and so forth. So that was, I believe, twenty twelve, so more than ten years ago.
1: Okay. That's what I wanted to point out. I listened to a call, I saw a little call that was put by a software founder into a Facebook group this week. Yeah. And he was saying and this is another one of those platforms out there that does sort of I think it does funnels and Platforms to something. These people make software programs. What they do is they start a software program, they hype everyone up, and then they start working on the next software program and just leave the old one yeah in the way. And he said things that I felt were outrageous. And I just wanted to bring them up on this podcast because I'm passionate about this. As I'm listening, I just couldn't even believe it. He said, uh, Look, I know we're working on this brand new AI thing, right? And I just want to assure you, we are still working on the thing that you've bought. Like we will get to it. And I know every time you log in, it's buggy, but we're redoing the whole code. And yeah. you weren't complaining when we worked on your thing, but we we're still finishing the one before. And firstly, I think like, are you kidding me? Yeah. But the next thing he said, now, all you affiliates... We will start doing those payments again soon that we owe you. I'm sorry for the delay, but we're getting there soon. And he goes, and we will start doing calls again that we promised. And I'm like, this should not be possible in, in this era. So yes. when I look at the platforms out there, the main point I want to make is Click, and by its previous names, it's been around for over 10 years. Yeah. It is industry proven and tested, and it's backed by me, and the partnership is really strong, and we have full time developers making it excellent, yeah. and it is literally the only thing that the founder works on. It's his one thing yeah. that he does amazingly well, and he's so passionate about it. That's what I like about it. He's not off onto the next pipe dream. He's not one of these internet marketer types yeah. going to, to sell the shovels to the gold diggers, right? And, uh, so I, was, I really thought, wow, yeah. what a contrast. Then there are other platforms, but most of them missing crucial features. Some of them just do the forum or the social forum thing. Yeah. Some of them just do funnels. Some of them just do a cart. This thing puts it all together. The one thing it doesn't do that people keep asking about, does it do emails? No, and it won't because you need to be fully specialized to do emails. Yeah, You need to be that good at getting your emails delivered and it's a really technical field. So it just fits hand in glove with whichever email system you trust the most or you want to work with, all the ones we talk about regularly. Anyway, that's my little software round. I want to say, I want to work with solid supply. I want the best software. I want the best suppliers. I want to bring them to my audience. And more importantly, whether you're a member of my membership or not, I want you to succeed if you listen to this podcast. So I'm getting damn close to a thousand episodes. So I want it to be all for something. Yeah. If you like what Charles talking about and you're interested in getting some help, reach out to him. We'll put all these contact details in episode 996. I do recommend click, KLEQ.com go and check it out. Take the trial, um, point a domain to it, build it out, have fun with it, see how powerful it is. We have a lot of power users in my community. So if you happen to be in my community and use the platform, it's like you have this massive support sphere. I will help you in my community with this. I've got a team who are savvy with it. Charles team's available with it. The platform itself has a lot of heavy support. So you're well supported. It's not the biggest. It will not be the biggest. It won't be the most famous. It doesn't have a gazillion affiliates. We don't give away cars or anything. right? We just focus (laughs) on product and results.
0: Yeah, that's all that matters because it's. I was talking to someone earlier today and I said, if you always tell the truth, you don't have to remember what you said. (laughs) And when you say about products and results, about getting people results, if you're getting people results, you don't have to worry because they're going to tell. They're going to talk. They're going to tell other people about that.
1: I've had your customers on this show. Did you, you know that? I've had the midwife on here and yes. people who you've built out Click installations for and have got results. So I'm going to put the offer out there. If you have a Click website and you're doing well with it and you think that you've got a few lessons that my audience would like to hear about, come along and, and flex a bit. Tell us what you got. Tell us what you've done. You know, How did you do it? What are your secrets? We've had all sorts. We've had Robin on here. We've had Gypsy Jazz Guy. We've yeah. had midwives. We've had the B2B Leadership Guy Nils, like, which you're working on, like there's so many case studies that have succeeded that I'll, I want to showcase them. I want to say, hey, this actually works. But more importantly, if you're listening to this and wondering if you could have a membership or you could have an offer that converts or you can get off these janky platforms and make it all work seamlessly, yes, you can. Totally. Let's do it together.
0: That's awesome. I love this message.
1: All right, Charles, I hope you'll come back and share with us again. i get revved up when I talk to you. Maybe it's because it's always late at night
0: or (laughs) because uh,
1: I I do love the cut of your jib though. You're a good bloke.
0: Thanks, mate. Thank you so much, James. Always great hanging and um, great being on here and I look forward to seeing you soon. There you go. Cheers.
1: That's Charles Coetzee there from numerous websites on the internet. (laughs) Awesome, awesome. This is James Schramko.